so I'm out for another photo walk today. Uh, just a short one while uh, <clears throat> the sun is still up. I guess you guys are... If I publish any of these episodes that I created, you're going to hear that a lot, I guess, because that's all it's been lately. It's been short walks while the light is still out, but... Um, I just got set up and started to walk, and I realized I really should have recorded the whole entire setup because I'm starting to be a little more mindful about that, and it might help somebody that's starting out. So let me go through some of the gear I have on this particular walk. I have my Rebel G 35mm film camera um, around my neck and ready to go. Um, I'm thinking of shooting in aperture priority today, which means it's usually AV on Canon cameras, the setting, AV. And what that should do is allow me to set my aperture or the size that the aperture is open to, which will allow me to set the depth of field and the amount of light going through. And since I'm going for a walk in nature, unless I'm shooting a subject of some sort, I will very likely set it to be a fairly high number so that I get the most amount of um, focus depth. So I get more in focus than blurry. However, um, I just got to the top of the hill. Let me catch my breath here. Um, I have not shot an aperture priority mode, so ever, I don't think. I mean, maybe I fooled around with it on my digital. I almost always shoot in full manual. And as a result of that, I'm, you know, constantly having to adjust both the aperture and the shutter speed. But with aperture priority and with film being so fickle in that way, and that I'm not going to shoot more than one uh, exposure of, of a particular thing. Um, by setting it to aperture priority, it will shut the shutter speed for me immediately. I don't have to do that. And then I can shoot an exposure and have a little bit higher of a confidence that it's correct. So um, I have not done that before, but I'm going to be doing that this time. The other camera I have in my right coat pocket is the point-and-shoot Canon Snappy EL Macro. I think this is called a... I'm not positive about this, but I think it's called a Mui 2. Sorry if I'm butchering that pronunciation. I will look it up again later. In China, it's called something different, so... Um, or Japan, rather. It's, it's called something different, so... Um, it depends on what you look up. So... That's what I have on me that's ready to go at a moment's notice. So I'm just hoping to actually expose some film frames here because I really want to get to the point where I'm developing. Um, now that I've caught my breath, I'm going to keep moving. And in my bag, on my, I have a backpack that I try to keep myself within every single time I go for a photo walk, is that I keep everything that I'm taking in that bag. If it doesn't go in the bag, I don't bring it with me. Um, and in that bag 
I have my Canon DSLR with my 200 millimeter lens on it, um, already set to the, based on the amount of light when I first set up, it's already set. So um, I'll be very close to the settings I would want to shoot something. So the reason why I did that is on the off chance that I do uh, see an owl or a bald eagle or anything else, I guess, that's far away, um, I'll be able to switch to it because my Canon is only a 35 to 80 uh, lens, so um, I won't very likely shoot any wildlife on film today just because I don't think it makes much sense to do that. So that's ready and set up in my, in my bag. I would have to put my bag down and get to it, but I really didn't want it swinging around my neck with my other camera. I've seen people do that. Um, if I didn't have my bag at all, maybe I would put both cameras around my neck and have it in a way that I could just kind of like easily switch them back and forth. Um, I may consider that in the future, but for right now, it's in my bag. So if I miss a shot, I miss a shot. Um, my drone's in the car, but I only brought it on the off chance that, I don't know, I'm one of those people that thinks, uh, it's happened to me anyway, that if I leave home without one of my cameras, <laughs> um, I'll need it then for some reason. But the drone hasn't been coming out much lately. Um, though I expect it will once my overwhelming positivity and motivation towards shooting film dies down a little bit. I'll get back into the drone a little bit. So I also have my iPhone 11 Pro in my front left pocket. I'm telling you, obviously because you're listening to this and you can't hear or see how I'm all set up, but I've, I've gotten to a point now where I've um, I've set myself up now that I'm ready. Um, I could easily, uh, you know, just throw everything in my bag and then head off into the woods. And it really wouldn't make much sense to do that. Um, so over the years of doing this, I've now learned that I kind of have a, I like my iPhone in my left pocket. I have no idea why I'm right-handed. Um, my cameras up front is already set to the settings. So all these little things just help you a little bit to catching that shot. Like that shot with the mink, I was a little off with the shutter speed and it could have been sharper. And um, so as I learn these things, I want to remove these little mistakes prior to getting started so that maybe I have a better chance. That's all. It's about optimizing for success, I suppose. And uh, so that's what I'm trying to do. Optimize my setup so that I'll be successful. Oh, I also have my tripod 
attached to my backpack with a carabiner. Um, I don't know if I'll use my tripod, but I, a friend gave me one recently. Sorry, I keep, I just saw a shadow move in the woods. And just want to take a second in case I can see what it was. Shouldn't be talking this much, but I'll stop in a minute when I get a little further into the woods. The tripod is lighter than my previous one and, and a bit shorter, so throwing on my backpack is actually kind of negligible at this point. So I think it's worth having it on the off chance that I come across a, a reason to use it. Um, especially with film, I'm so interested in how this is all going to turn out. This first time is really a mystery box. Um, I was talking to a friend or family member last night, my sister's father-in-law, Joe, has shot film his entire life, and he, um, he's a very good uh, photographer, and looking back through all of his photos last night, we got to talking about all kinds of stuff, and I just was sort of talking about the, the way you end up knowing more about the result of the photo than even your camera does. So as an example, there's a light meter on this film camera, which I'm very appreciative of. I don't have to carry a, a second light meter with me. Um, but I don't know if I can trust it yet. With my Canon DSLR, if I compose an image and use the light meter and it says that it's going to be underexposed, but I know different, I can be confident that I know it's not going to be underexposed. Um, because even though the light meter is reading one thing, I, I understand where the image is going to sort of come out. Um, and I'm getting better and better and better at that. With this film camera, although it's also Canon, so maybe that will say something when I'm done. Um, I have no idea if the light meter is accurate. Where's the light meter aimed at? Um, where, do, where should I be putting the light meter to establish the exposure levels? So all these things are unknown. And the other thing is that loop of learning. Um, I use the light meter, I take an image, I won't know until, you know, until I develop the film, which could be a while yet. So lots to learn with this film camera. Lots to understand about the tools themselves and then the camera itself to the point where it becomes second nature and also I become comfortable with... Oh, there goes a cardinal. Her. He was close here too. Um, oh, baby. Man, this time of year... Everything is brown. And that may not seem like it would make for 
very photographic things, but or photogenic things, but I'll tell you what, cardinals stand out when they're resting on a perfectly dullish brown uh, shrub or bush or something, and he's bright red. He's a little too far for me to care right now, but. So let me talk a little bit more about last night while I'm recording and still making my way into the woods here. Last night, I was over at Joe's house, the person I was just talking about, and our goal last night was to learn how to properly get his old negatives into the computer using some of the equipment that we have, and maybe we have to purchase some things, but we wanted to see how to do that because he hasn't done too much of that. And frankly, I don't, I don't remember. I know I think my parents had a slide, some slides that I may have done way long ago. And I frankly just do not remember um, what I was doing. So, um, what are those things? Is that a bird? I hope it's not, because I'm coming right up on it, and if it moves, I'll be upset. Um, so, we did that, and we were, we were up until 1 o'clock in the morning working on that. And man, was that fun. To take a negative, we were, we were uh, scanning 35-millimeter black-white, black-and-white negatives from, I believe, the 60s or 70s. Um, I believe it was the 60s, though. He probably said in... Believe me, I was tired. So, um, to take a negative from then and be able to produce a really sharp digital file is a foreign type of feeling for me. Because it has this lasting effect, these negatives. Um, that's why I think I'm so attracted to film at the moment. Not only the, the, the purposefulness and the slowing down and the fact that every image costs you money when you expose the image, but also that lasting, that if I, I can have a master. Now, you think that with digital, you also have masters. You could save the original file. But throughout my career, digital cameras have improved so dramatically that if I look back at even nice cameras from a few decades ago, which I have owned and shot fil uh, uh, digital photos with uh, on vacations and, and all over the world. Those images aren't good at all. I have images from Hawaii that are passable, but they're not what I would want now. But if I had taken those with film and knew what I was doing, I would have that original to go back to even 40 years from now. Um, which I probably won't even be alive in 40 years, but the point is still there, that those negatives are a far better way to store images than a digital, um, than some digital process, at least for right now. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm stoked about that. And then seeing that last night just proved it to me that if those were my negatives, then I took them today, we would get the same or better quality scan out of it. And he took those 40 or 50 years ago. So that's really, really cool. So I'm 
super excited to get to the point where I have even just 25 or so images that I'm super proud of and that I keep as negatives. And I'm sure, you know, well into the future I'll have tons of great, great photographs. And they'll just feel a lot more meaningful being saved as negatives. But I'll have them also in digital format for sharing or showing friends on the TV or whatever it may be. But I'll always have that master to go back to. Really cool. I'm excited. So that was my night the other night. Scanning. We only did like... I think we did four frames, maybe three or four frames. Two from a junkyard that he took. Uh, one from a school trip he took. And one of a friend of his that he wanted to give to somebody. We did four individual frames. Took us hours. Not because the process takes hours, but because we tried it using two different scanners, tons of different applications, tried different settings just to learn, watched some YouTube videos, and we're slowly getting better. Every, every time got a little bit better. So it's, it's exciting. Okay, this was probably one of the longer rants. Um, I may come back to you if I find something interesting to photograph, but for right now that was definitely a photo walk because all I talked about was photography and walk. I've managed to find two exposures. Find two exposures. What have I become? I've managed to take two photos. And, uh... <clears throat> my, I, I didn't record any audio during that time because I really needed a... These first few images, I, I really need to, uh... have my entire... I can't even talk to you now. I'm thinking about it. Um, have all of my cognitive abilities, limited though they may be. Um, so the first image was of a small little evergreen bush with a mountain in the back, uh, a valley in the back. And uh, the second one was of these two large electrical pole lines with a a quad path that leads, kind of, it looks like it leads underneath them. It's pretty neat. Um, and I also, I took two reference photos using my iPhone very quickly that are very similar exposures, just using the automatic settings on the um, iPhone to compare a few things. Later, I'd love to see the color differences so that I'm able to dial those in, because I'm not very good at that, and I'm hoping I can remember how to do that. And then, also, I'd love to see the quality differences in the images. Um, I should get a better image out of this film. The ultimate end product, otherwise why is it worth all this work, right? The ultimate end product would be that... I, uh, the result is, is better than just shooting with your iPhone. Um, and my iPhone, I would say, is arguably better than my, my DSLR. It's just I, don't, I have all these lenses for the DSLR, so that's where that advantage comes in over the iPhone. So if I rank, I'll know when I'm done with all this process in a few months, and I've nailed it down, 
my film camera should be the highest quality camera that I have. Um, even the 35mm, even though it's a relatively small uh, film negative, um, it still should technically be better than my iPhone. Um, and then someday maybe I'll move up to a medium format, but for now, I'm going to stick with 35mm and really hone that in a little bit, unless, a, unless I come across a deal, like at a thrift store or something, which is sort of what happened with these film cameras, but... Um, and then each of my cameras will have a purpose, you know? I'll have a camera that would be great for on-the-go with my phone and just be able to take pictures that I'm really satisfied with for, you know, bouncing around different places. And then uh, a point-and-shoot film camera for maybe just to make it a little bit more fun <laughs> than, than just using your iPhone. Uh, and the, you know, I wonder how this is going to turn out type of surprise, you know, which is fun, um, and then my DSLR for wildlife and things that are far away, and the 50 millimeter, although I can move my 50 millimeter to the, um, the film camera, so I may do that at some point, shoot some portraits on film using the 50 millimeter, that should really be an interesting experiment. But for today, I think I'm, I would have liked to got one exposure that had a little more color. These, these poles are, they're, they're rust colored. They're awesome looking, really. I mean, I know that people think they mar the landscape, and they do, but I mean, our, our digital stinking power lives, we can't complain. Like, I go home, I plug my camera in, and it charges up, and I'm wondering, why do they have poles everywhere? Um, but, uh... So they have like a really nice, you know, rust color. And then the evergreen is just this very muted green. Um, it's not quite as green as you might think when you think of an evergreen tree. Um, but I would have liked to have seen maybe some reds or something. And I'm still walking here, but I think I'm going to head back pretty soon. I'm actually in, a, in an area of the field that I've just never... I have no idea why, but I've never walked over this way, and so I'm seeing all kinds of new perspectives on the same subjects that I've shot in the past, uh, but completely new look, which is kind of fun. Kind of fun. This is interesting. There's just this weird patch of ice here. It's cool looking, but I can't see any type of... I'll do one with my phone just for fun. But I can't see anything that looks interesting here. Even though this is a neat patch of... The way the ice is melted is pretty neat. Although it looks better on the phone than it does in my eye. See how that comes out later. Who knows? I used to... Uh, when I used to go for these photo walks, I used to hope I came back with a ton of images that I could go through and find just one or two. Um, or, or five would be like, oh, look, at that. I have five images from this. You'll see on my photo posts, very, you know, look through them. There's, what, the most one for any of these photo walks was six or seven photographs. But now I'm going out and hoping I come back with 
six or seven, six or seven great photographs, but only haven't taken maybe eight or ten. <laughs> so that's really an interesting difference. There's some construction going on to my right. I didn't realize there was a house right there at all. It looks very new. So maybe they put it up this year because I don't ever remember being there. So thus endeth today's photo walk. It's been really, really nice. It's about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's uh, just a great day. End of December. 2020 is coming up. My prospects for how much I'll enjoy my photography are continue to rise because not only do I have new tools, which is fun, but I'm learning a whole new process and I might end up with better results than I would otherwise. And I really feel like I'm mastering a craft of some sort. I know I'm a long way from that. They say you have to do something 10,000 times. Well, I've taken hundreds of thousands of images, but this feels like starting over to a degree. Um, so 2020 looks very interesting. What Next December, how many images will I have the negatives in a sleeve where I consider that maybe that's what I'll do. This is a good idea is I'll have a trapper, you know, where you can put the negatives in but I'll have a book that I separate out as my favorite images that I've taken uh, using film. And I'll slowly filter through those, uh, taking ones out as they get the boot. Maybe I'll pick like a top 10 images of 2020. Uh, top 20, let's see, hold on. I'm, I see I'm, I'm making a, a blog post slash photo walking episode right here live. Next December, top 20 film photos taken in 2020. So I guess I have to exclude the ones I did. No, top 20, top 20 film images, because who knows? Maybe I took a great photo today that I'll really like. But top 20 film photos for me in 2020, but I'm counting the last week of 2019. Maybe everybody else that's listening to this, if you're, whether it's film or digital, maybe you could plan to do the same thing. So over the next year, set aside some photos, send them to me next December. Show me what you came up with this year. As always, I really appreciate you listening, and if you made it this far, you obviously have nothing better to do. So get up right now, go out, and shoot some photos.